Welcome to the Franchise Book Club Edition. I'm Connery Underworld and uh, Analogy Hansen. <laughs> I'm Tyler, Five Vampires in Dominic Toretto's Car Dennery. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this one. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just... Chessa, and I'm a fan of Twilight. <laughs> Perfect. You're Chessa, Coker, Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, Soya. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, good. If you didn't know by the intro, welcome to the franchise. I introduced the book club versions. And we all forgot. Yep. <laughs> That's okay. We've only done it one time before. Yep. What book did you do before? We did a, a, the, what's called The Ballad the of Ballad Songbirds of... and Snakes by oh. Andrew Games. Mm-hmm. Very nice. We keep finding ourselves doing uh, these like young adult franchise novels, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you can never go wrong with those. <laughs> oh well, <never>. yeah. <laughs> Chess is back from our wait. Which one? <laughs> you were eclipse. on our eclipse. Eclipse. Episode. Yes. I feel like yes. I've been in like a twilight blur in the past. For like, so long. Like yeah, it's the franchise that keeps going. Realize this is our longest one, our longest franchise so far. I found myself being able to like not think about most any other kind of movie material. Everyone, everyone's, someone's asked me, I think over this past week, what's your favorite movie? And I'm like, Twilight. (laughs) 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 That's me too. In a way, I'm like, not exactly. But it's just like, hmm. well, you see, you can relate this to Twilight because, or just like normal conversation at my workplace in a place where definitely no one has read Twilight. I'm like, oh yeah, this is like that time when Edward and Bella did (laughs) i have been like that too i'm I'm like oh man all the twilight references i have all the power of like 2008 2006 in my hand and you can't even go to i don't even think a hot topic's open for you to go talk to anybody no and they'd probably be like how can you're not wearing reading shadow and bone or like the other more recent ya novels (laughs) i don't even know that one that's one grace is really crazy about all i know is twilight Okay. Especially, all I know is Midnight Sun. Right. Yes. Like the back of our hand, we know Midnight Sun. Like the back of my earpods for <laughs> four fifths of this. <laughs> me, a hundred percent. Yeah, I think we all we all consumed this media in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jessa, you you just like straight read the book, right? Yeah, just straight read it. I mean, I read it from I read Twilight in the whole series, and then leading up to this book. Because I was like, I wanted to get the full experience, which I actually really enjoyed. It kind of like tied everything together, which I was a big fan of. And also like her forward at the beginning of Midnight Sun, I just like totally tugged at my heartstrings. And I just felt, I was like, she wrote that for me. Like (laughs) she might as well just put my name in that. (laughs) Yeah, that was really nice. Like I I think her, her voice is in the beginning of the audio version. And uh, I was like, this is really nice. Like, it's just like her being like, being like, we all met when you were teenagers and blah, blah. And now like, yeah. welcome back to the world. I was like, this is sweet. This, is, this yeah. is very nice. I like this. And like, she went into like, she had a few interviews how saying how she had such a hard time writing this book. Like it took her mm. 10 years to write Ooh, this book. Literally, yeah. Like she had the hardest time trying to like flip the book to into Edward's perspective because it had to be the same so just but his eyes so I couldn't imagine how hard it is hard it was to pull off but she did it I was I was excited about it good well I'm happy to talk to you about this because my main curiosity was you've read Twilight you've read the whole series and I want to know 
I know me and Todd, we, we saw the movie and already we were a little bit like the beats are really familiar. And right. like, to you reading the book, was it a little bit more, was it different enough to not feel like a total retreading of like already walked ground, you know? Um, Like the midnight, the book? Yeah, like the book compared yeah. to like you, you read Twilight and then you read Midnight Sun. Is it like I, I could have just read Twilight and gotten all the information I needed? Yeah, I guess before, sorry, to interrupt, but before we get far, any further into like the actual discussion of the book, I guess we should just say for anybody that doesn't know <laughs> what Midnight Sun is, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know why you're really here, I guess, but um, <laughs> just a quick so synopsis. Fun. It's basically the first Twilight book, but um, from Edward's perspective, seen through Edward's vegetarian eyes. His, his blood hungry eyes more like it he yeah. wants to eat her like every other paragraph he's more so yeah he's more so blood hungry in this yeah as it's all through his perspective uh aside from i mean it still is it just it delves more into the colons family life <laughs> and his relationship with all the colons as well as you know just his whole perspective on his relationship with bella and his <laughs> relationship with charlie in some ways <laughs> um just like their interaction between like concerned father and and also like uh her mom as well so mm -hmm. we can get into all that stuff later so i don't know it's just from the opposite perspective mm -hmm. first book well I'll, I'll i'll go back i'll go back to what i was, what I was about to cool. say and chessa was this kind of a retread for you or did you feel like it provided enough new information to be worthwhile the latter i really thought that <laughs> i love that it went into detail with his relationships with his family mm -hmm. and kind of his past and their past and the way they interact with each other because they seemed so much more normal in this book than like alien, well, they're vampires, <laughs> but like these like creatures that yeah. are so like mystified by everybody that they're surrounded by. So it was nice to kind of see them through normal eyes. Like, you know, mm -hmm. that's, his, that's his family. But I think also the main difference was reading as like a 13 year old girl, Twilight in the series, it's told through this, the eyes of an insecure girl. And mm -hmm. she, like, doesn't understand – she doesn't know who she is yet. And she doesn't understand why this sexy vampire is obsessed with her. She doesn't see it. The whole time in all the other books, she is just in denial. She doesn't get it. She's so eager to, like, be on, like, oh, like, okay, I get why you're leaving because you don't want me. Like, how could you want me? But then seeing it through Edward's eyes, he it's more mature in a sense of, like, he knows what he wants. You know, mm -hmm. he's – Got, he's lived a long life of not wanting anyone but her. And so there's no question in my mind that he loves her. So it was interesting. You, you say that um, she reacts like, when are you going to, it's of course you're going to leave me. Edward does that so many times in the book too. He's like, of that's course true. you're going to leave me because I'm a monster. <laughs> I guess that's true. I guess he is a little bit insecure about his being a vampire, but I think that it's nice to see that Edward, you know, he didn't doubt loving her. No. Yeah, that, that wasn't the part that he was iffy about. It was more yeah. that, like, how can you love me? Because exactly. I'm, I'm spooky. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he is very, like, pouty at points in terms of just, like, I don't even know about pouty because it's more so just, like, self-anger and self-hatred. He's like, how could you ever like me, like a monster like me and stuff like that. Yeah. But so at some point i'm like oh all right all right dude like you're not making it easy on anyone just like except no. except that she likes you yeah i was thinking about this earlier i was wondering you know like they get bit at a certain age and they stay that age forever like i know that they live a lot of life but i feel like mentally he still acts like a 17 year old right a little bit he still he says that I think one of the lines in the books where he says like mentally I'm very much still a seventeen year old or parts of me are so I'm, I'm, I was like that's cool all right 
Yeah. Going through all the movies and stuff, I didn't realize that, like, it's made, like, explicit in this book. I guess probably the first Twilight book, too, when they both say that they basically have never been in, like, a serious relationship before. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the way he acts, even though he's, like, 104, he's still, (laughs) yeah. I mean, he still has the body of, like, a 17-year-old, and I've always wondered how that works. Like, you can't really, like, scientifically explain how vampires in Twilight work, but I'm, like, (laughs) he still has to have, like, some sort of teen angst just from, like, hormones and stuff. So it's kind of like a curse to be a 17-year-old vampire because they're just (laughs) extremely like angsty and hormonal forever absolutely absolutely and I feel like that's why like I don't know Alice is very like uppity and she's a lot of energy and and then like Rosalie is a little bit dark and broody as well because she was young Mm -hmm. too so I think it kind of explains why they are I don't know they act immature in ways Speaking specifically of Rosalie I know Connor you have some things to to comment on on this but like from the from the movies she seemed like like she seemed slightly irritated, but only really in that scene where they're making food for Bella, mm-hmm. <laughs> Italian food and everything, and then she like drops on the yeah. floor because um, she already ate. But like in this book, it's like Rosalie's just really mad all the time mm-hmm. at Edward and or Bella, and I'm just like, man, like you really don't even give her a scene in this because I guess her moments are really just like an that was Eclipse, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Where, where she kind of te- she levels with Bella and is like, yeah. this is the worst idea anyone's ever had in your life. Please don't do this. Right. And Bella's like, yeah. eh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely liked all the, uh, the like, digging further into all, like, the colons mm-hmm. in this book. Except for, I would say, Rosalie. Just because it's like, she doesn't write much to enjoy about her. It's just like, oh, no. Rosalie's just like, Edward just says she's really vain. I don't know. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. The only like redeemable thing in this book that the, they, they talk about is like Emma and Rosalie love each other. And I'm like, yeah. I wonder how, because it just seems like she hates everything and everyone to walk the face of the freaking earth. Right. I never even see Rosalie and Emmett like being loving and nice. I hear about it. I hear that they like when they get married, they like go off in the woods and like go crazy. <laughs> They like break houses and (laughs) shatter houses, rock mountains. Yeah, I guess everyone has different like uh, like love languages or like relationship types and stuff. So I guess they're just both very physical and that's their thing. Yeah, I guess so. Love that. I was I was very sad because where the movies I I felt Rosalie was just a, a little cold and maybe yes a little like uppity, but ultimately you could be like she she can grow to love somebody and I can see how she can be kind and like an actual like companion and someone Mm -hmm. cool to be with. But in the books, I'm like, why is she, why does Stephanie Meyer hate her so much? She has like so much resentment towards Edward for not liking her, even though she's Mm -hmm. like really happy with Emmett. She's still like, why don't you like me? And then she's like jealous that Edward likes Bella, but she still got Emmett. Like I don't like it, you know, she, Maybe she's just more pissed off. I and mean, maybe she is really vain. Like I guess mm-hmm. maybe the movies didn't write that across, but she just wants everyone her to be herself be the subject of like everyone's affection should be like Rosalie is the prettiest. Rosalie is the best. Yes. Yeah. And when that attention is, is even slightly deviated to somebody else, it, it irks her. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, it made me that made me a little sad. I was just gonna say because every time I was, I was like, man, I guess I guess Rosalie's mean. I, I never knew. Here I am <laughs> heaping praise on her, and I guess book canon, <gasps> she's just really mean. She's a little bit more mean in the books, I guess. Like, you never really like her character that much because, mm. I don't know. I guess there has to be one one character you don't like, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's just tough, I guess, because it's like, there's five, wait, 
Four books. Sorry, five movies. Yeah. <laughs> There's four books that allows like all these characters to develop over time. Like it seems like definitely like just using Rosalie as an example. Like she, I don't know if she necessarily grows as a character, but when Renesmee is in the picture, she has more to do, and also is just like that's what she likes to do a lot. Yeah. Is to like become more part of the family that way. Yeah. No, it's just like it, this is just one book from Edward's perspective, and I almost expected this book to be like the whole series basically mm. from Edward's perspective and they would jump around different parts especially since it's like 600 something pages <laughs> mm. this same thing happened with Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes where it's like we, we I think we both thought that it would jump around through Coriolanus I for, almost forgot his name <laughs> <laughs> President Snow's like childhood up to him becoming like this dictator but it's really just like this set time mm-hmm. and period in his life but this is just like the first book from the opposite perspective. Yeah. So it doesn't give a, like the characters much room to grow or do anything besides Edward and Bella, I guess, you know. It's just the first book again. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that was her goal basically. It was just this is this book is for the fans. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Like if you yeah, try to she, read, she writes that from the get go. Yeah, and if you try to start with Midnight Sun, it's just gonna be like, oh, okay, well, Twilight all over again. But it was uh, knowing the books, it was fun to reread it like this in his eyes because there are certain things that happen behind the scenes before. I don't know. Bella is there in with Edward. Where you're like, oh, that's why he did this. Or like, that's what, mm. like, especially in the part where um, she goes to Seattle, Port, where'd she go to Port? Um, Port Angeles. Yes, Port Angeles. <laughs> and then she, and, um, you know, you don't know where he is and you don't know what he's been doing. And mm. he's like hardcore looking for her, trying like all around Port Angeles, trying to find her before she gets like molested by those creepy guys. Yeah. Um, so it was, I don't know, it was interesting to read that those sections yeah i was i was gonna ask chessa when you were saying about somebody doing like somebody like oh it's just starting with midnight sun and being like oh it's twilight over again do you think somebody could do something where it's like a machete cut of twilight and do like you can choose between doing midnight sun or twilight first and then you can do new moon and the rest of them oh that's a good question i think so it is hard. It would be a little bit hard going from like Edward and then all Bella, because mm-hmm. then I feel like you'd really be wanting his point of view. You'd be wanting like more of what he's thinking. But I think that after the ending of Midnight Sun made a lot more sense for New Moon because mm-hmm. it at the end of Twilight they're at the prom and they're really happy, and then all of a sudden he leaves. But at the end of this book, he's like, I like I I only have a few choices, and I like have to like he thinking of leaving and so it makes more sense yeah. but yeah i think that they could if they really wanted to spice things up <laughs> there you go <laughs> or she needs to write all the other books I from know. edward's perspective she or said, differing perspectives like what if she did new moon from jacob's perspective Ooh, that'd be good yeah see hear that stephanie mark yeah. new moon jacob <laughs> there she, you go. Did, she did say she confirmed that she is not doing any more books like as edward uh, she said it was too hard <laughs> and she had like even in like the thank yous and stuff, she had like, it was like all her people like pushing her and being like, you can do this, you can do this. So I don't think she's going to do another Edward. But I, in the same interview, she said that there, she's going to have two more Twilight books Ooh. through oh. someone else's eyes or like a continuation, maybe Renesmee or mm. Jacob. So I guess we'll cool. find out. I know. She said not for a while, but. <laughs> oh yeah. We're not, we're not <laughs> expecting a next year yearly Twilight release for this woman. No. She's taking a break. She should do, she should do a eclipse through Aro's eyes. Oh my God. 
Because <laughs> he, he's just not even in it. <laughs> he's just in Italy the entire time, twiddling his thumbs. I know, on yeah, his throat. Yeah, he's just like, he can't even eat pasta. Like, <laughs> Can't even eat pasta. That's like the book's like focal point, is his obsession with pasta, which he cannot properly consume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to that point, I like I like the scene where... Um, Bella like makes him eat something. Is that the is, is that the same scene as the apple scene? But just from Edward's perspective, he's just like, oh, like I I ate this food because she told me to, knowing that I have to just like throw it up later because he just can't <laughs> process food. It was the pizza, right? He ate like a yeah, he ate, like a bite of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> what if instead of the apple in the cover, it was him holding a piece of pizza? <laughs> That would not have been as moody as the pomegranate, but you know I don't think so. More, more teen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he did. Um, he did reference the pomegranate seeds a lot throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the Persephone um, underworld myth. He mentioned that a whole bunch. Like that yes. was his driving thing. Yes. Which I was like, Edward knows his Greek mythology. This feels good because I know this story very well as well. <laughs> I mean, he takes history classes like for 100 years. Right. But Greek mythology classes? <laughs> I'm sure some high school. I mean, I read I read a mythology book in high school. Was oh, it, so you uh, must be very knowledgeable. <laughs> I forget which book it was, but it was just like assigned reading or something. Was it Book of Greek Mythology that I still have that I bought in elementary school? <laughs> I don't know. I was just going to say that the photographer, I guess uh listening to the afterword mm. of the audiobook i think it's i think it's in the book too it's the same photographer for all the book covers including yeah. this one it's a cool uh, fact i like that who was the um audiobook in stephanie's voice uh no oh. it, tyler can give his grievance about the person oh, no. who does the voice <laughs> of the audio yeah so i bought the book I, I started reading it i got to 150 pages in and then i realized that i wouldn't have enough time other i would just be like really stressed trying to read this by the time we recorded yeah. this because <laughs> so this episode also comes out uh two days from now i know i saw that i was like oh that's quick <laughs> thank you connery yeah we're gonna do a quick heel turn it's gonna be fun yeah and i was just like i'm not gonna have t- enough time so i got the audiobook on audible and so i've just been listening to it and at work i just listen to a bunch of podcasts anyways since i'm doing like photography product photography i can just listen to stuff so i've just mm-hmm. been listening to that um and but the narrator i'm spacing on his name but it's definitely like a man who's at least in his 40s oh, no. <laughs> and oh, no. um and i'm just like it was really like off-putting it at first. I guess I just got used to it. Mm-hmm. I think he is very good, like a very good narrator, but just like not for this book because <laughs> he should be like an 18-year-old guy, right? Like, a young man narrating this, you know. So sometimes when he sounds really angsty, it's weird, and especially whenever he voices any of the female characters, <laughs> it comes off really strange. <laughs> That's like the one know. thing that really turns me off about audiobooks. Like, unless it's like an autobiography, it's hard to get into with someone trying to like do the voices of the characters, yeah. and they're like not meant for the characters. <laughs> I I usually don't mind it when when a woman's reading to me, and mm-hmm. she does like because I feel like women rarely put on like a man voice when they're reading, right. but men often try to put on a like a female voice <laughs> when they're <laughs> reading books like this. I'm like, oh, Edward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he sounds I mean, exactly like that. <laughs> it's more so like whenever uh, it's whenever he's voicing Bella and she's in danger, it's like really strange. Oh, it's no. just like, Edward, <laughs> help. Like it sounds straight it up like that. Yeah. Like he just cracks his voice a bunch. He's like, that's a lady voice. <laughs> <laughs> I've won prizes for that bit. <laughs> oh, 
he... or whenever whenever he's Esme, he just sounds like Mrs. Doubtfire or something. <laughs> I guess a less dramatic Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. yeah, just like an extremely husky, oh like, gosh. it's so strange. Oh, that's fun. So yeah, I wish the narrator was much younger, mm-hmm. but that being said, I don't know, for them have, giving him this job, like, I guess he did, like, as Edward's voice, like, I don't know, like, not, th- not the physical voice, but, like, putting you in the mind space, I guess, it still was pretty effective. Yeah. I, I felt know. like he was a good, like, internal brain dialogue. Like, this is what Edward sounds like in his head. Yeah. And you're like, oh, but he's actually 104. I'm like, okay, so I guess this guy can be 40 if he's 17 physically and his brain is old. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a happy medium, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like where I was like, well, and I, I didn't even really take that account where you're like, he's an old man talking. Why isn't he 17? I was like, oh, well, I didn't even really, even really think about that. I was right. just like, someone's reading me the book. <laughs> but yeah, you guys know who the MVP is in this book? Like for real? Who? It's Alice. Uh, As always, it's Alice. Okay. You didn't let me answer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, you said, uh, and I presumed you were going to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something else. Yeah, I do love Alice. She's fantastic. And I like, um, I think that was another big part of the book that I really liked was seeing how she was like, oh, yeah, me and Bella are going to be best friends. Like, she <laughs> yeah. already loves me. Like, I already know she loves me. Like, can I say mm-hmm. hi to her? Can I talk to her? Can I say hi? No. <laughs> and Edward, I'm like, come on, Edward. And then she, like, finally does, like, hang out with her, and she's, like, so happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's 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 weird reading this book and then realizing like like it just seems like maybe Alice and Emmett would have been a better couple and then like Jasper and Rosalie seem more they're both just more like <laughs> angsty and angry yes. and just like I don't know Emmett seems like he's just having a good time all the time and Alice seems really chill like why like I, I don't know how you feel about that Jessa I feel like because I'm so attached to who the characters are it would be a weird yeah. switch but <laughs> I do see that being I guess I don't know maybe she was going for the opposites kind of thing yeah like light to balance out the dark there. yeah but it would be a nice little couple Emmett and Alice maybe yeah. Emmett's like slightly too sportsy or something and then I guess Jasper makes sense because he's like really like emotional because he can control everyone's emotions. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I, that makes more sense if you're dating someone who can see everything. Right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of Alice, there's that whole sequence that's like seems like it goes on for quite some time near the end. Was basically like a, it's like a mind heist. It's like Inception. <laughs> oh, like it's, the, it's Ocean's Eleven yes, Inception. The car chase <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, where she's just like all the different possibilities, but then she like go, rewinds sometimes. Like, no, this is the right one. Where she's like predicting what will right. happen. It's like, wow, this is like, I mean, this is the whole thing we're talking about the movies where it mixes genres so much. So I'm just was imagining this book as a movie, and it's just like she's like, there's like a heist movie in this. There's like a car chase, <laughs> yeah. like Fast and Furious movie in this. I was like, really what? surprised. She really like brought on some action because it is not yeah. like that in Twilight. You don't know about any of that. Yeah, because it's Bella's point of view. She's just yeah. kidnapped, and now we have this whole like Edward, like I had a race to save her. I get the most souped up car I can find. Put on the turbo. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. I was, I was a little bit like, whoa, okay, that's happening. <laughs> yeah, it was uh. definitely unexpected. And at that point, because I was talking to Connery up, uh, like over text around this point in the audiobook, and he's just like, oh yeah, like the tracker stuff just kind of goes on and on, and then. It- <laughs> I was like, oh, no, it was like the next three hours of just them talking about the tracker and like running 
Like, I got lost, honestly, where it's like, okay, we got to run, like, 600 miles, and then we got to come back, and then right. we fly, but then we don't fly. I'm just like, where is this going? But then I'm like, all right, this is just, I'm just going to power through this, and then it's just like, oh, now, now they have to steal this, like, <laughs> this car that has nitro. Stephanie Meyer definitely seems to, like, love cars and stuff, because she always knows, like, very specific models of vehicles. Yes. Yeah, she knows her cars. Like, yeah, that's cool. And it was <laughs> just turned into Fast and Furious, and they just, yeah, like, want, I guess... It turns into Fast and Furious too fast. Too very, that, that joke doesn't work. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Fangs, moving on. Furious. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they were definitely having a. That joke's not going to work either. <laughs> okay, we can keep going. Say something about Dragula, like a drag race. No, let's 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 workshop this. <laughs> yeah, let's keep. How do we make? How do we force a vampire joke into Fast and Furious? Uh, mm. hmm. Well, they run fast. <laughs> vampire. Va- uh, uh, Fast and the Furious, Transylvania Drift? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Instead of Dominic Toretto, Garlic Toretto. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly better than what I was going to think up. <laughs> These are, uh, this is not my, today. tonight is not my night. It's okay. Uh, we can move on. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> but yeah, I guess they steal that car because it's like heavily tinted windows and then they like steal an SUV or something. And then just race all the way there. And it's mm. just like, okay, I guess they didn't want to see, like, finally all the way into this, they, he explains that, like, oh, like, people would see them running. Because I never know how fast vampires can run because at the end of Breaking Dawn Part 2, like, all the Volturi just, like, walk or run across the ocean back to Italy. <laughs> at least that's what it seems like. Like, is that true? Like, I don't know. Do? Because, like, you see, um, there's, like, the colons they take a plane yeah. to phoenix and stuff so it's like could they have just run there faster or right. or did the but books- they, they they strive to be normies yeah that's true yeah because he's like racing to get there as fast as possible in the in the race car in a car yeah where they yeah. could have just run but i think that was because in phoenix it's hot and sunny so you see a blurry sparkling man yes <laughs> <laughs> and you're like the flash is real <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I don't know what they would say, what people would say, whether it was aliens or like government soldiers or something like that. But somebody would say something, and then the vol- like he was really just worried about the Volturi. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. okay, it makes sense, but like, so it just like it's it does send does make more stakes because it's like he can't go there faster. Yeah. He has to use a human means, and that's like I guess that sets up stakes too because it's like they're the good vampires, so they they're gonna do that. But like the tracker guy just like doesn't care. He's right. just gonna be. Do whatever he can. I don't know. Are there any specific points in this book that either of you wanted to bring up? Big question. Yeah, big question indeed. <laughs> I have, I have like a few, but I don't want to just like keep bringing stuff up. Well, no, go for it. Start us off. Um, I like how much probably the second person or the person that the colon that Edward probably talks about the most in this, I would say, is probably Carlisle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I like how much into depth that he goes into about Carlisle's backstory and everything. And again, I, I guess, like you said, like this is a book for the fans. Like, you're not going to just go pick this up, I guess, unless you already are a Twilight mm-hmm. fan. Yeah. So it's this is what people want. This is what I liked too, is it's just like going into like more backstories, kind of like a, not an omnibus, but like a. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any like words tonight. An index, like like the uh, little a glossary, not a glossary, but like appendix, like an index. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, appendix. I think sure. <laughs> <laughs> Doing great. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed the backstories. I really like. I don't know, seeing his how much he loves like his family, like 
you know, he really treats Carlisle as a father figure. Like, it just, it means a lot to him to have, like, people. Yeah, no, I really like the backstories. Backstories are great. I, I love the, Tyler, I think you were probably going to bring this up at, at some point, but Christmas with uh, Edward and uh, Carlisle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right yes. And he's just like, I saved the garland to hang together. I imagine it'll be a swift task this year. <laughs> Yeah, Carl just really enjoys Christmas, and he really wants Edward to have a really good Christmas. He's like, oh, hang up this popcorn chain with me, son. Oh, it's just, like, just very wholesome and nice. It is wholesome. Carlisle is very wholesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because they go into his backstory, too, and uh, I guess whoever's listening to this probably has read the book. Right? <laughs> or just expect spoilers. He, like, was born in London, grew up in London. He mm-hmm. found some, like, vampires under in the sewers, right? Yeah, sewer yes. vampires. Yeah. But then he was, like, just scraped or something, so he turned very slowly. Yes. Which was, like, Edward's, like, oh, maybe that's partly his obsession with, like, vampirology in general and, like, being a doctor and stuff. But it's just, like, but I'm, like, oh, it could be partly that. But I think also he's just, like, a good person anyways. But it's just, like, fun to see, like, a very nice vampire. (laughs) I know. know. Even when Edward's talking about, like, people who carry over things, he's, like, oh, I carried over my ability to read people. Carlisle carried over his compassion. He makes it sound, like, so much stronger than anything else any vampire could possibly take right. over into their vampire life. And I'm like, that's so good. I, I, I like that so much. Yeah. Like that's the biggest uh, special talent that they have <laughs> mm. that they can do. Compassion and a heart and a sense of humanity <laughs> and self yes. still. Well, because, like, you know, Edward is so obsessed with, like, there's no afterlife for the vampire and blah, blah, mm. this and that. So I think he looks up to uh, Carlisle and his like heart basically because mm-hmm. he looks after i mean he's a doctor he's a vampire doctor <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's he's in, like the ultimate field where he could so easily give into temptation and he doesn't every single day yeah yeah it did make me think that like okay so carlisle i said he's like 23 i think in this book i'm pretty sure that's in this book maybe i read that on like the he's 23 know, twilightpedia or something uh like when he became a vampire he was 23 i yeah. think yeah I think so you're right. So he's just co- consistently 23 forever. Whoa. Yeah. And so that's yeah. why in like, the, I forgot which book it was. It was either New Moon or Twilight where Edward is like, you know, like Carlisle can barely pass for 30. Like we have to keep moving. Yeah. Oh my like, God. 23 and 30? What? I, I'm, I'm, I'm so surprised. I'm so glad we didn't, we're not doing our casting game anymore because I casted Gary Oldman as Carlisle. <laughs> <laughs> He's already Dracula. I know. I just thought it'd be funny to give him that role again. <laughs> you are right. He was 23. I thought he was a little bit older, actually. Me too. I'm actually... Yeah, me too. Um, but just that <laughs> made me raise a bunch more questions. I'm like, okay, if, like, Carlisle's doing all this stuff, uh, if Carlisle's doing all this stuff to, like, help humanity and, like, be a doctor and everything, what's up with all the other colons? Like, how come Edward can't be, like, a Doogie Hauser like, doctor? I like, know. I, I mean, guess... all he does, he, all he spends his time doing is, like, reading. He's read yeah. so much on, like, everything in the past, like, hundred years. He, like, sits in on, like, didn't he go to, like, university and he, like, sits in on yep. classes and stuff like that? Like, he mm-hmm. could, he could conquer the world if he wanted to. Yeah, it's the fact that he looks 17 and no one will take him seriously. <laughs> I guess he's like a, a composer. He could be like a renowned composer yes. of classical music or oh, something. Oh, he could be a super Beethoven. Yeah, <laughs> super <laughs> Beethoven. <laughs> Omega Beethoven. Omega Beethoven. <laughs> Beethoven. 
It's like that could be his thing. Like he could just leave music over time and just have it anonymous and people will like discover it. But like they may as well, she may as well have written that because there's certain points in this book that like is probably just how she writes stuff in general where it's just like, I feel like she really teeters on the edge of like jumping the shark constantly <laughs> with like what the world is. There's one scene in particular at the very end at the uh, prom where uh, they're talking about all the other vampires dancing and it's like, oh, they really let loose. They unleashed dances from uh, from all over the hundreds of years of the history of dance or something all <laughs> combined into certain moves i'm just like wow i was thinking about that too and literally immediately popped up into my head was the evolution of dance have you <laughs> <Yeah>. seen that <laughs> just <Yes>. napoleon dynamite <laughs> or whatever yes and so i was like oh i wonder like what combination of movement they're doing but it's also like a funny visual just like thinking like they they're just like dominating the dance floor and everyone's on the mm-hmm. sidelines cuz they can't even move into the <laughs> dance floor. I was imagining like sexy swing dancing and like yes. that was it. And they're doing like lifts and stuff like yeah. Yeah. Jasper's like flipping Alice. <laughs> and like doing disco poses and Jasper just like dancing? going crazy. <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine Jasper dancing like that? <laughs> and he does like the little hillbilly romp and they go to like yeah. Pride and Prejudice, like hand touch dancing every now and then. <laughs> Jasper brought like a cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever happened to God, Nigel? I've been there. So <laughs> no, Jasper, put away your Confederate hat. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> but I brought my uniform for the pram. Oh, oh God. God. And it's just twerking in the middle of the... <laughs> Of the basketball court. Emmett is my one of my favorites. He is such a dude I'd want to hang out with yes, in this book. I oh, agree. Yeah. I agree. I love Emmett. And I loved Kellen Lutz, who played him in the movies. He's just so mm-hmm. likable. Yeah, yeah, he is very good as, as Emmett. And I was like looking at, you mentioned throughout like the series that like, you know, some actors went on to do some pretty big things. And then I think like Kellen Lutz is one of them that like he's on some TV shows and stuff. Like I, I remember like, I think they really tried to make him a big thing. Like, they did that, like, The Legend of Hercules movie. Oh. Where he played Hercules. Really? And, like, nobody saw it, and it, I heard it wasn't any good. Aww. And that was, like, one of the last leading things he's been in. Yeah. Which is kind of a bummer, because, yeah, I do like him a lot yeah. in, in these movies. He's He seems probably one of the most like the characters. Although, I think, in general, the way they cast the Cullen family, I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think they did a pretty good job. Like, I was trying to think of, like, a cast of people like 23 20 to 23 who could play the Collins right now mm. and I don't know I thought that they all looked very cohesive like they all matched I don't know they did a good job on that they did yeah and Emma's just a lot of fun because he's just like a, a gregarious guy yeah just like yeah. let's go have fun <laughs> yeah I know right when Edward's like I want to do something nice for that girl who like has a good brain and is oh, like yeah, kind of letting me hang out yeah. yeah Angela and he's like I'm gonna get that guy to like her Emma I'm recruiting and Emma's like all right, I'll do it. And then he just like does, they do that <laughs> stupid like fake plays like, are you going to ask her out? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, this is fantastic. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I yeah. love those moments that made them just like teenage boys. Mm-hmm. And like brothers and friends. Yes. I, was, I was like, this is fantastic. Like there was another moment going back to like Edward playing music where he's sitting at the, the piano and Esme comes and sits mm-hmm. with him and mm-hmm. he's like creating that, that song for Bella, like Bella's lullaby. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I just thought that was so sweet that Esme was just like sitting there with him while he played the piano. Like that's so normal, like a mother and yeah. son relationship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, that scene in particular made me think like, okay, if he's 17, but like they've known each other for decades now, like this family, mm-hmm. everything, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Since what? The twenties. Yeah. Or no, the tens is when Edward became a vampire. Tens, yeah. right? mm-hmm. But then um, I, I think, uh, uh, Esme 
turned later. Yeah, because Carlisle, it was just oh. Carlisle and Edward for a while. And then I think Rosalie was the next person. Um, oh, gotcha. I don't know. I think so. I don't remember. Was Esme with Carlisle and uh, Edward on during Christmas? Like that one scene? No, she was not. It was still just Edward and Carlisle. Yeah, because then that's for, for when a while. Rosalie went to save Emmett from the bear. Mm-hmm. And she like yeah. came back. I don't. Think, I don't think Esme was in the picture or not. No, I don't think she was yet either. Carly must have met her in like the 30s or something. Yeah. Because he talks about yeah. her life being a really, really tragic and sad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, just the way we're speaking about this in like such d- defined detail, I would never. I never realized I would be this knowledgeable of just like all the little nooks and crannies of Twilight, but I'm not complaining at all. I'm just. I never thought you would be either. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just seeing like, it's like, oh, look how much I've grown about, uh, I don't know, this thing that like. I mean, whatever. No, no, like, whatever. Movies are important. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. You went from no knowledge to like a semi compendium of knowledge on a subject. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying with earlier. It's just like, I'll definitely bring up Twilight from going forward, like, just organically without even thinking about it. Twilight (laughs) is always going to be a little part of your life now. Exactly. (laughs) I'll never, I'll never let it go. (laughs) Oh, I was just going to say about that scene with Esme and and Edward, like, Edward's composing the song, like, Bella's Lullaby. Mm -hmm. Esme just, like, stops what she's doing and comes downstairs, like, sits next to him and is, like, listening and stuff. (laughs) If I was 17, I'd be like, Mom, leave me alone! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I don't want to share anything. Ah! I'm closing for my girlfriend. Stop it. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm making this song for my girlfriend. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. I think. Are you I gonna sing, that, Edward? <laughs> I guess that shows just how comfortable they are with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad at all. Like I'm like, I wish I could just be like. I know, me too. <laughs> I wish I didn't have uh, like I could just be chill around my family in my teenage years or something. But oh, right. I feel like that's like all part of being a teenager is that like, oh my god, don't look at me. Don't watch me do yeah. my art. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's personal, mom. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> and your mom rolls her eyes and opens, yes. like, closes, like, a whole, like, steam trunk full of songs she composed when she was a teenager, ready to share. <laughs> I'm just drawing the the Mr. Police sign from the snowman. <laughs> I gave you all the clues. <laughs> Does anybody? I have I have a bunch of small points to make still. Unless anybody else has some, go for it. Yeah, shoot, man. This is my episode. <laughs> sure, I I I bring it in, but you you're the you're the real meat, dude. Yeah. <laughs> It's the scene where they go to the Italian restaurant. She orders a mushroom ravioli. Um, I just enjoyed that scene quite a bit because like Edward's just like with the waitress or the server and everything. He's just like stop, stop, stop I in know. his head because he can like tell everything that she wants to like. She wants to be with him and everything. Give him yeah. her, give him her number. But I think also in that scene they have the discussion of. I know they have some sort of discussion, or it's just him like thinking this. But it just is like as if fate is just constantly trying to kill Bella, and she's really clumsy. <laughs> and it's like good thing Edward's around because otherwise she would have just like fell in a ditch at some point. <laughs> like... I mean, she has really bad luck. Yes. Yeah, she has really bad luck. And like, if Edward hadn't been there, she would have gotten crushed by the van first of all. So, yeah. and then she went for round two in Port Angeles. I was, or she would have been killed by those other guys. Exactly. In Port yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think it was funny how I don't know nonchalant Edward was like, "Yeah, well, I was following you and." <laughs> Um, I can read minds, but not yours. And and Bella's just like eating her mushroom ravioli. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> go on, go not on. Not impressed. <laughs> not impressed. 
I'd be so upset if, if somebody didn't like throw a big fit. If I said I can read minds, I can leap over tall buildings. I'm essentially a superhero. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, that's cool. I'd be yeah. like, what? She's like, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of you. What? Yeah. What? Come, come on, just a yeah. little bit. She's like, uh, Jacob told me you're a vampire anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just like Jacob to tell somebody news that he shouldn't be the one to tell. I know. Yeah. I know. While undressing in front of them. <laughs> No, I was just gonna say, like, she he can't read Bella's mind, and that's part of like part of what attracts him so much to her. Mm-hmm. And I like how how he's just constantly trying to figure that out between Charlie and Renee. Mm-hmm. I, I just like Charlie from Edward's perspective a lot too, because he's just like <laughs> he can't read his mind at all, and it's mostly just like grumble, grumble, yes. fishing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I like to like half sentences and like d- like weird phrases just like hanging in the air and float by. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. so funny. It made me love Charlie even more. Like, yeah. I love him to death. I want him to, I want to adopt him as my dad. Like, he's, <laughs> he's so funny. And I love, I thought that was so clever to make his mind just be like so vague. Mm-hmm. But then like when he does get emotional, it almost, it's just very wholesome. Like, I don't know, when he yeah. does worry about Bella and like Edward kind of tracks that. It's like, oh, he cares. In, in not many words, but he cares. <laughs> yeah. Even when he calls uh, Edward later, it's just like, oh, Tyler Oakley or whatever his name is. Oh, yeah. Thinks he's going to the prom with Bella and Edward's just like, he, 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 he. <laughs> like, that whole thing is really funny because um, Charlie's just like, uh, uh, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and he's like, I don't care. Like, he's like, Charlie put, put me on the care, phone like, with him. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. I don't know if they put that in the movie of Tyler showing up to the Swan's house. No. I don't think they did. I don't think so. Yeah, they also changed where Jacob says, because, like, he's doing, he's dancing with Bella when he's telling her all this, like, stuff. Mm -hmm. And in the movie, he's just, like, sitting on a bench. I know. Mm -hmm. So, it's interesting that they changed that, of all things. I guess just because they wanted the moment to be more about Edward and Bella. Yeah, I guess so. And, like, I also... There was, like, a few things that I didn't like that they changed the movie. I, if you guys notice, like, that whole scene where Edward's, like, saying, as if you could outrun me and do that, all that <laughs> stuff. Like, they're in the meadow, and that's their meadow. And they mm-hmm. didn't, like, show the meadow much in the movies. Like, they didn't make it as big of a deal as it was in the books. So, like, that was, like, one of them. And then also that dancing scene with Jacob. Like, then, I don't know. You kind of get, like, a sense of, like, oh, like, Bella's, like, kind of into Jacob, but. That's cool. That probably would have been good to have in the movie. Yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> I like Jacob's brain in this. When Edward, ever read, Edward reads his mind, he sounds like a puppy, basically. Yes. Because yeah. he is a puppy. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's a young pup. <laughs> He's a young pup who hasn't transformed yet. So. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. He'd be like, hey, Bella smells nice. Yeah. Oh, man, why does she smell like a dog? Or she smells yeah. terrible. It must be an awful perfume. Huh. <laughs> I mean, when she's pregnant with Renee's veins up, he is also like, you look terrible. <laughs> it's like, cool. He's very honest. He's one of those, like, honest friends. It's like, you need one of those. I'm just going to call you out. A very like, blunt person. You're not looking good today. <laughs> you're looking a little tired. Well, uh, something's eating me from the inside, Jacob, <laughs> and I'm dying. <laughs> I kind of know that already. <laughs> Wasn't that gnarly, though? So uh, gnarly. We had a had a time talking yeah. about Breaking Dawn Part 1. <laughs> gnarliest Blech. Ooh, i like i like how alice bought edward a shirt but she didn't know why because <laughs> she had like she can see everything in the future she's just like why and he's like why'd you buy that shirt 
because she's like, don't wear that one or whatever. She's like, I don't know. I yeah. don't know why I bought this shirt for you. And then later he wears it. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is why she bought this shirt. Like, yeah. it's just it's just really goofy, but I just like that a lot. That would be really frustrating. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it goes really into just Edward being like, Alice is some kind of omnipotent being where she's her powers are much stronger than even she knows, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's an Omega level X-Man threat. <laughs> she's Professor X, basically. Yeah, basically. Well, all of them, I guess. Yeah, the Colons have a very good set of powers, I guess. Although I always forget what Emmett's are. He's just very strong. He's just very super strong. Strength. Yeah. Yeah. Put him in the category of the Hulk or maybe the juggernaut for sticking to X-Men themes. <laughs> There's also that little vignette about that, like, Edward's talking about the only quote-unquote innocent person he's killed. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. The creepy guy in Milwaukee or whatever Mm -hmm. who's, like, he's, like, trying to stop himself from, like, I don't, just doing terrible things to this, This like, kid. kid, yeah. Yeah, they don't go into detail about it or whatever. Like, I'm glad they didn't, didn't, but it's just, like... Becomes like a becomes like a true crime. That's like another thing. She's like blending all these genres and stuff. Yeah, so that'd be kind of cool to see in a movie too. It's just like just because all these movies blend genres so much, but it's just like a vampire true crime thing mixed with vampires racing street cars. Uh. Yeah, I, I like that that vignette a lot. Now lo- looking back on it, I remember like I was listening to it while I was in the shower, and I got out, and I was it was still going on. And I was like, and I like stopped and was just like listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with like the last line of dialogue with like between with the bad guy where he's like, I'm gonna do it. I'm I, like I can't do it. I can't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. Yeah. And then he's gonna do it. And then number like launches him up like through like the rooftops. And his last thought is, I didn't do it. And then Edward kills him. And I was like, I was like, that's so good. Like he's like grateful that like Edward killed the monster. Yeah, could do it. I was like, that's great. I know. Yeah. Hopefully Edward doesn't support the Minority Report. <laughs> Of the future crimes division, but yeah, the future crimes division. <laughs> At yeah, least he can like precog. read people's minds and stuff, though. It was yeah, it was. I, I like that a lot, and especially that it's just like in Milwaukee. Like <laughs> it's just like I don't know. That's cool. <laughs> I like that. Or was it Kansas City? I forget. I feel like you're right. It's Milwaukee, and if it's not, it should be. There are a long, a bunch of just long lists of things that they talk about, which I guess is just like normal high school conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the book she's into and whether she likes Coke or Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree that Dr. Pepper's both in, better than both of those. <laughs> uh, Edward brings up Twilight several times, which I guess I just totally missed in the movie unless they just didn't do that. They didn't. They like, didn't. in the no? in the okay. first book, they, they mentioned Twilight a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they didn't mention it that much in the movies. But but that's when the time when vampires come out to play. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I, like, I really like the dialogue between him and Bella. It, I don't know if it was for like if it like for you guys if it like made their relationship seem like make sense more. I I, I think it did. I I agree with you because I'm listening to this. I'm like, yeah, there are a couple. Like yeah. I believe this now. They they do. We had so, we had, every woman who was who's been on this has told us like, no, they're much better a cup much better couple in the book. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, they are. Like in the movie, I'm like, I don't know what brings these two together. Exactly. Like an intense like physical drive towards each other, but yeah. they just seemed also get along very well in the book so I'm like that's good I enjoyed that yeah there's parts of their conversations that were like I thought really tedious but if I read I think it's partly that it was an audiobook and this guy like voicing Bella like this this older man voicing Bella that I was like all right how long is she gonna talk about the time she had like a, a pet fish like this is <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> very long but I think if I was reading it I would enjoy it a lot more and also like yeah. 
that complaint is just because like you're just listening to like a high schooler talk about stuff really <laughs> it's just like this yeah. is what they would talk about like mm-hmm. it's a totally normal conversation and sometimes that stuff is like really just like let's just, I think that's a good part of these books that where it's just like like this franchise where it's yes there's all these genre mixing with like vampires and like horse elements and werewolves and everything but at the end of the day like especially this first book or two if you count midnight sun or whatever like the other perspective of it it's it's the most like high school movie kind of or high school story kind of thing yeah so very much absolutely and i think that's something that they missed out on a lot in the movies too is i feel like they played more towards the action rather than like the developing of their relationship Mm -hmm. and i totally forgot about it until i reread the books and i was like wow like i really like them just talking to each other Mm -hmm. they like listening to their normal conversations and Mm -hmm. then seeing like what makes them kind of fall for each other more yeah yeah i always like especially nowadays like i really enjoy when movies take the time to just have people like having discussions especially when it is like uh i mean like the first twilight movie is kind of like indie-ish it's not definitely not like a blockbuster by like yeah the means of like the last two movies or whatever I, I just like it when these like you know big event kind of movies or like big franchises in general just take time to have characters talk to each other because I feel like that's really <laughs> rare in Hollywood to like yes. actually have dialogue and stuff that actually makes you care about the characters and it's just very human like everyone's so focused on writing things it seems like to either get the action forward or to be like this is why i need to take revenge on my dad it's just like (laughs) it's just like what if you just have a normal conversation sometimes that's way more endearing than like having like only talking about themes and stuff like that so yeah um, i guess that's the luxury of writing a novel as opposed to having a movie but i just enjoy that when it does show up in movies when there's like little things that like not every single line I mean, it just depends on the movie, because, like, something like Mad Max Fury Road, I love, and that's, like, all the dialogue is just, like, about going forward. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? That whole movie is about just going forward. Exactly, oh, 100%. yeah. 100%. So, it just depends. You know, I know that's really vague, but I just, yeah, it was nice to just hear people just have discussions and just, like, yeah. listening to it, and it's just like, man, I really just need to read books again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've been on, like, a major, like, book phase right now it's been or a book kick it's been awesome just reading a lot twilight started it all so thanks twilight (laughs) (laughs) maybe we asked you this last time chess about what are you reading right now can you give us like a little snippet or like a list of what stuff yeah so yes so i have come to love blake crouch if you've read any of his books I think he's my favorite author right now. He writes, like, psychological thriller Mm. kind of sci-fi books. Um, The one that I love the most was Dark Matter. And um, very hard to explain, um, but I'll explain the one that I just read. Um, It's called Recursion. And it's it's all based off of, like, a pandemic called false memory syndrome and um it's basically these people who all of a sudden have memories of a life they never lived oh that's and they wake up and they have like they remember like this husband that they don't have in this life that they're living right now and they like end up like committing suicide because of it's like too much oh those like those coma dreams that some people have that's awesome yeah and it was just a wild ride from start to finish. So that was very good. Right now I'm reading this book called The Reckless Oath We Made. Hmm. And this author, Bryn Greenwood, I think. <laughs> Greenwood. <laughs> she, it's, um, I really like her writing. I just read a book before this where she writes a linear timeline, but um, it's told through different eyes, like different characters. Oh, cool. 
And this one is about this girl whose sister goes missing with, like, this guy from prison. Mm -hmm. And there's this boy that's helping her named Gentry, and he's autistic, and he speaks in Old English. Oh. And he's, like, really obsessed with being a knight and stuff. (laughs) So it's, like, how he's kind of, like, helping her navigate through the separation of her family. So it's pretty good. A little Don Quixote there. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. I like it. (laughs) Dang. I feel like we're, we're at the hour mark, but to wrap yeah. up our, our Midnight Sun game, instead of casting it, we did that for um, what's our Hunger Games book, uh, Battle of Songbirds and Snakes. We're going to do this, this game instead. Okay. If you guys had a choice and you had to rehash the first Twilight again, whose perspective would you do for an entire 600-page book? Ooh. Of just Twilight. Of just Twilight, yeah. I already have mine if you guys want me to go first. Yeah, you go. Go first. Okay. I wanted to do Victoria because then I could Ooh. follow up with a sequel and I wanted hers to be like a femme fatale noir kind of thing with her coming to town and like wondering what's going on with like James and like being like, why is he obsessed with like Bella and hunting her down? This is like the worst idea we could possibly have and kind of make it a real vampire noir where she's kind of like the wise ass femme fatale being like, this is this is horrifying. Get everybody out. Right. We have to get out. And probably a big thing would be like running for her and like running away from your problems and like never and the end would probably be having to her her having to face her problems especially her maybe choosing to run instead of helping james and mm-hmm. his death and then that give her stuff to come back and eclipse and there you go so sequels <laughs> i like that i like that yeah even i think like, for me oh, oh go ahead i was just gonna say even like a prequel with her where it's like kill bill basically yes where she goes after royce king or whatever oh, his I, name that's, is that's rosley <laughs> not victoria wait Oh, you said Victoria. Sorry, I was totally yeah. thinking Rosalie this whole time. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I think that for me it would be Alice. Mm. I would love all. I would love a prequel book with Alice. But I think that I don't know. I'm. A, I love her character so much that I think that she would have a lot of interesting things to read about. Yeah, that that future sense stuff would probably play a big role in her story. It'd be, it'd yeah. be really cool. It'd be like giant mind palace inceptiony stuff. Always that'd be pretty tight. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be really cool. I was gonna say Charlie, but I feel like that'd just be really boring. They'd probably like they'd be like no words on the page, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you would just be like, "I'm fishing." I dunk my donut yet again in a glass of in my cup of coffee. I take a bite. <laughs> it's just a procedural. It's very procedural with Charlie. I look at the mirror at my big mustache. <laughs> I think about what fish I may catch this weekend. I remember Renee for a brief moment buying me a mustache comb. I never used it, but I never threw it away either. <laughs> it's not even full sentences. I, I interrupted earlier, but I guess that would be my perspective book is just Rosalie going on a Kill Bill type mm. prequel Rampage. revenge story. That'd be pretty fun. Nice. That's cool. That's really good. Well, there you go. Stephanie Meyer, if you're listening, you have three possible fantastic options for a multitude of different books. <laughs> yes, and on that note, I do have one question for you, Stephanie Meyer, if you're listening. <laughs> I know you wrote in this book that both Edward and Bella agree that Empire Strikes Back is a very good movie. <laughs> and I know that this book is also set in the year 2005. <laughs> Did they go see Revenge of the Sith in this book and you didn't write it? Like, is that in, is, does this happen between <laughs> Twilight and New Moon? Please let me know if Bella and Edward went and saw Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> That'd be pretty fantastic. I like that a lot. Yes. That was all I wanted to say. We need to know Edward's thoughts on the prequels. <laughs> oh, I really kind of do, though. 
gosh. Uh, and on that note, Chessa, do you have anything to plug? Yeah, so I just started doing uh, yoga sculpt classes in the park Ooh. in North Hollywood. Um, and so I'm able to have like small groups, like between three and four people come and I lead class and I distance everything out six feet apart and I bring a speaker and nice. we bring weights and it's been super fun. So if anyone out there is interested in some fitness in person for mm. motivation, hit me up on Instagram. Should I plug my Instagram? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. At Chessa Salea, C-H-E-S-S-A-C-E-L-A-Y-A. And I'll give you more details. It's been super fun. Ding, ding. Tyler, what do you got to plug, my dude? I've just been doing more photo shoots recently, so follow me at Twain's, T-W-A-Y-N-E-D. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) They're good pictures. They are. They're they're (laughs) always fantastic. Yes. And finally, if you enjoy the sound of my voice and you also enjoy tabletop or role-playing games, you might want to check out Starship Impala, hosted by me and four other amazing friends, and we play the Starfinder game. And it's really, really fun, and we always have a great time. And that's about it. So... Thank you so much for joining us on yet another edition of the franchise book club edition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for coming back, Jessa. Yeah, of course. So much fun. Yeah. And follow us at franchise pod on Instagram and Twitter and email us at the franchise podcast at gmail.com. If you want to tell us what your different perspective story from twilight is, let us know and we'll read it out. Thank you to Nick Viverka for our music and Grayson Hansen for our artwork. Always forget that part. And on that note, I'm so clumsy that I'm almost disabled. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, forks! <laughs> <laughs>